0: episode 35 of Booze and Phasers. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host, and I am flying solo in the hosting department uh, this week, um, unless you count Scout, which you can hear scratching in the background right now. Claudia is off uh, super busy right now in a final rehearsal week for her show, CNC World War Three. It's a fantastic variety she- show she does a couple times a year. So I brought in three fe- friends. I went down the hall and Grab my husband.
1: Hi, everybody. It's me. <laughs> it
0: Brian Bradley. And um, Jenny Flack. I was down the other hall. You were down the <laughs> other hall. Jenny and Josh Flom.
1: I was in a crawl space, which is not a hole so much as a, a crawl space. place to keep And e- <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Flom. Hey, this is bourbon.
0: And each of these places, um, I charge rent for. So <laughs> yep. thank, thank you all for that. Contributing to my income. <laughs> Josh, tell us a little about yourself. This is your third show? I think so, yeah. I think it's your third show. Uh,
1: okay, so But we've me.
0: never had this combination. No, we have not. No. We haven't had this well, combination. Well, this is fun.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, about me. <laughs> we don't know if it's fun yet. Okay. Let's find <laughs> out. We're, we're but gonna... I'm gl- glad you're hopeful about it. So um, I am originally from Toronto, Canada. <laughs> oh, wait. How far back are you starting? I was born in Sick Children's Hospital uh, on King Street in... Okay, so I am a writer <laughs> and um, I created a web series called Written by a Kid. Yes. I'm Kurt. I just finished a, a stint over at Nerdist and now I'm uh, writing for uh, my good friend Kevin Pereira over at his company, Super Creative. um uh, writing a show for Disney XD. Yay! Nice. Uh,
0: so. Well, thanks for coming over You're welcome. in LA Traffic because I did ask you guys all to come over at Rush Hour. Jenny! That happened. You are a senior contributor and co-founder of Geek Girl Authority. I
2: am that guy. You, you are that guy. Um that's all, really. That's all. <laughs> that's it. You're an amazing Not actor. Even the close
3: to the trend. I'm an writer. actor
2: um of things. I act things. <laughs> you act things, you write things. I write things, I play things, I And less than two weeks ago you got married. Yeah somebody just got married <laughs> do, 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 do,
0: do, do. and it was lovely we went up to uh, milwaukee wisconsin and attended your beautiful wedding
2: yeah it was fun we had yeah. a good old i had a blast
0: well,
3: you sure good.
2: did I'm, I'm glad did. You
3: did. we we saw it with our own eyes we I, had a real good time.
2: i really <laughs> talked to almost no one i was a terrible host and a wonderful attendee you were a wedding. terrible host
3: and a terrific dancer <laughs>
0: Wait, and you danced so hard that you pulled a muscle in your neck. I hurt my neck real bad,
2: and I had to go to the doctor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Which is the so best. So you don't think you had anything to tell the people. But that's very illustrative of your personality, I believe.
2: So now I have a bottle full of muscle relaxers come to my house. <laughs> uh, Brian, Bradley, tell us a
0: little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, I am also a writer. Uh, I've written a bunch of television stuff. Uh, Scrubs, Mad TV. You created the Uncle Buck, the short-lived... Uncle Buck series for ABC, uh, and I, that's, I think that's good. I think you think I'm, that's enough? I think I'm going to stop there.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. context. <laughs> okay. Um, well, today, guys, we are going to talk about uh, summer reading lists. We're, we all brought a couple suggestions of books we think that you guys should put on your reading lists. I didn't ask what anybody was bringing, so I think it's going to uh, uh, be a nice varietal.
2: Mm, varietal. Mm, a varietal? Like is a that grape?
0: Just, yeah. Like a, is that just, a, it's going to be a fine wine. <laughs> 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 it's going to be a fine wine of a book list. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we'll
3: drink it down very smoothly.
0: Speaking no. of drinking it down, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Devotion Vodka. Devotion Vodka is gluten free, it's American made. They're one of the only um alcohols that put their ingredients out for you to see. They have a great website, plenty of flavors. uh, Check them out at DevotionVodka.com and support them. Support a a, a small spirits company. They are fantastic. And we are enjoying Devotion Vaca right now.
3: sure are.
0: some Foley on my glass. (laughs) And thank you for our network, to our network, Giant Size Team Up. GiantSizeTeamUp.com, That's where you can find our podcast and more. Great podcasts there, uh, mostly um, in the comic sphere. And so we bring the the female energy and the science fiction to Giant Size Team Up. It's run by some really great folks. And I think you'd really like all their podcasts. Now, guys. There's a lot of female energy in the room today. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. And I'm not talking about me and Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm
3: very balanced. Between female and male,
0: I believe. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, We're I feel female. like I'm, I'm I agree. Right,
1: that's straight down the middle. I
0: mean, <laughs> what about Scout? What about Scout? Scout is, is
1: all male. Scout's yeah.
0: a real butch dog. <laughs> yeah. He looks to, so derpy right now, standing next to Josh. He has his tongue hanging out the side of his mouth.
1: I got to say this. You have to be so male if you constantly lick your own balls. Yeah, yeah you, you do. do. You do. You have to just... Although,
2: I, let's... You have to be really true. into yourself.
1: Men, men spend an inordinate amount of time, even human men,
3: in inordinate amount of time, licking their balls. Well, well not licking them because oh, okay. they can't unless they're in a, addressing their balls. Addressing them, you know, <laughs> if you if you take um, a shower, one I think- <laughs> time,
0: one time I've on actually- Real Housewives yeah. of Atlanta, mm-hmm. they had an episode where they hired a dancer to come in, and one of his specialties was he could bend over and put his own dick in his mouth.
3: Okay. Uh! Yeah. Well, see, that's I, a small percentage of us.
2: I've <laughs> had I've had because there are a number of improvisers in the room right now. I've had several conversations with men who are improvisers, who have to, in a show, take a shower, like, pretend to take a shower
1: in <laughs> oh, the yeah. scene. Yeah.
2: And I've had this conversation over and over again where they're like, I can't really do what I do no. in the shower because there's so was- much ball action. <laughs>
1: you you spend, if, if
3: a shower takes 20 minutes, I believe a man spends <laughs> 16 minutes washing his balls, yes. addressing his balls and, and penis area. It's a very quick splash around the rest of his body, and then almost total
1: laser focus
3: on his genitals.
1: They (laughs) unfold like one of those Dyson
3: spheres. (laughs) Like a like a geodesic dome. Yeah,
2: the geodesic dome.
0: Uh, Dyson. Uh, a, a is, is a ring of energy around a like star that's or something right. that that's not what our power. ball. I okay,
1: meant okay. the geodesic <laughs> dome, the, the, the thing that you you pull open and it gets so large and then you, it contracts to like a, <laughs> yep. a dense it. little ball. Uh, yep. Bucky so, balls. again, called,
2: right? Bucky very
1: balls. female energy here
3: yes. on the show. <laughs> we took care of that. Didn't I think that's we. about a 4 minute discussion about ball washing.
2: Well,
0: that's a great segue into Shatner <laughs> tweets.
1: You, you bet it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Shatner, Shatner
3: tweets. Our next segment Shatner spends all 20 minutes on his balls. Don't kid yourself. Yes.
0: Now, uh, Claudia is is the master of finding the best of uh, William Shatner tweets. I did my best, but it looks like he's um out of town. Uh, recording a new season of, oh, God, what's the name of his show? He's doing it with, like, Terry Bradshaw. and
3: Oh, it's where they go and travel in they're Yeah.
0: Old. And so so most of his Twitter yeah. feed. Terry
3: Bradshaw, Shatner.
0: Really? Oh, yeah, it's four guys. And oh, gosh.
3: Wild Hogs? Yes. No. But it's like that, but real. Okay. And Terry Bradshaw, Shatner. Oh, and so Wild
0: most hogs. of his Twitter feed. Okay, I'll look it up. Most of his Twitter feed is for um, your consideration tweets right now. Mm. For the show. Let me see. William Shatner, Terry Bradshaw, what's it called? Better Late Than Never.
1: Better go, Late Than Never. They,
0: they go on um,
1: Yeah, those and, guys haven't done anything.
0: With no. uh, so it's Henry Winkler. What? <laughs> yeah. The Fons! Yeah. Fons. Yeah. William Shatner, Captain Terry Kirk. Bradshaw.
1: Terry Bradshaw.
3: George George Foreman. And George Foreman.
0: Yeah. So oh. that's actually a pretty awesome group. It's a fun group. So and then yeah. he so he kept saying. I'm not no, I'm gonna be I'm not gonna be tweeting for a while because I have to go travel, blah, blah, blah. But then he doesn't stop tweeting for like the next three days. And he keeps <laughs> saying, I'm scheduling tweets now. I'm but it never happened. But anyway, so I just grabbed a couple because I can't do it justice like Claudia does. But um I did get this one where uh, and it was between the four year consideration and he just did some horse charity show cuz he's really into He horses. loves horses. Yeah, and where he got a bunch of all the Outlander stars to donate stuff. And he loves auction. Outlander. Yeah, for the auction and everything. He really
3: does.
0: And Outlander loves horses. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you it it all see works. how it all links up. So um so he's going back and forth with, with, with this one actor Richard Rankin um, and and um he was like um He he made a a shout-out to to at Rick Rankin, and he says, I'm grand indeed, and yourself? Well, I do hope to drag myself up to the heights worthy of such an honor, to William Shatner, to which William Shatner replies, I'm just ducky, with a duck emoji. No offense to at Mr. John Cryer. Thank you, winky face. Wow. Wow, that's a deep cut. Bring in some 16 Candles. completely randomly... John Crier. Oh, Re- John John Cryer responds. None taken. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love Twitter. It's exactly. I Twitter's just, amazing. It
0: just brings people together.
3: And, and
1: horrible. And apart. Ducky was
2: pretty. Ducky was apart. pretty in pink. Pretty right? and pink. Yeah.
3: Yes. It's pretty Ducky and
1: pink. And two and a half men. And two and a half. Du- men. Yes. Ducky is
3: also is also Josh Blum.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, imagine if I were to walk around in a fedora. And if I had a long living crush on Molly Ringwald, then yeah, I would and, be that character and
2: lip synced. Josh Otis can, Redding in a record store. I
1: can replace
3: that fedora. I can replace Molly Ringwald, and it is your life. I can't. I can replace
1: this. <laughs> you're Ducky. You're pro. You're proto Ducky. Yeah, I, I, I would say that. I'm. Yeah. I'm like. Uh, I invite myself into the friend zone and <laughs> stay there happily because in the end, I'm making friends. But also, do you feel
3: that Ducky? Has been redeemed over the years, and that is there a divide between women, between those that are pro Ducky, like she should be with Ducky, and those that say no, mm, Ducky's just a buddy.
2: No, I yeah, do Ducky's think there's a, a buddy. Divide. I think Ducky. I think everyone. I mean, maybe I'm just projecting, but I think everybody knows that Ducky wins in the end. Yeah. When when yeah. Ducky grows up, when Ducky goes to college, even. Yeah, he's like,
1: gonna do better.
2: Ducky's gonna do better. Well, I mean that's the that's the whole thing is
1: okay. is, is 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 I mean if Ducky, Ducky is the me, yeah. then when he's near his forties <laughs> uh he, he will find an incredible he's woman. He's gonna, gonna find great love and really hit his stride. <laughs> late bloomer, but better, better late bloomer. Than Holy shit. The link-ups are incredible. Audrey.
0: <laughs> okay, so there's one more. There's only one more tweet I can find that was, uh, I thought, good, enough, cute enough. I should have saved that one to the end. Um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, there's this show coming out in the fall, The Orville from Seth MacFarlane. Yes. And so uh, someone tweeted at, um, at Avalon Astro, tweeted to William Shatner, it would be great if you had a cameo in The Orville, to which Shatner replied, is that the movie about the great popcorn caper? Popcorn Emergy. Winky face. Uh-huh.
3: Oh. He Anybody? Is
1: Anybody? Yeah. I will oh, continue when sp- you do these Shatner tweets.
0: <laughs> Josh is being attacked by a spider right now for realsies.
1: <laughs> I think it's gone
0: it's on my more- hat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm never putting it on again. It was so small. It, well, you know, it's not about size. It's it never really is. That's true. It, it, never,
3: it never is. That's no. true. I want to say this about yes, Shatner I tweets. Think. I've been on the show a few times, and every time I always imagine that William Shatner is tweeting n- nude. There's still after the spider. I see that I got it. nude from a giant web that he's created that he's strapped into into his room, <laughs> and that's how he tweets.
0: Are you saving the spider, Jenny? Maybe. I'm just
3: For asking.
2: What? I'm curious. For what? Jenny? I just picked it up off of the couch so Josh would be less scared. Okay. Okay. Now, so
1: we're all scared it's of different in- things. <laughs>
2: Now, I was trying to help. I'm just asking. It's in my hand. I don't know where it went. It just dropped to your dress. Okay. Well, it's here. It's Uh, a tiny little guy. I'm sorry. Carry on, Brian.
3: No. It's not as interesting as (laughs) (laughs) the spider falling on Jenny's dress.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, um,
0: let's move on with a toast. I forgot forgot to write a toast. So, um, our toast is Ducky wins in the end. Oh. That's four things.
3: I gotta
1: put more bourbon in
0: here. Oh, both of you guys. You drank your bourbon already.
1: Vodka. Devotion vodka. I mean, the
2: vodka. I'm drinking devotion vodka.
1: I am, too. you're and doing it right. I'm mixing it with bourbon. It's so. disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hey,
2: let
0: Josh get his drink. Yeah. And I think Scout farted. Oh. Sorry oh, about God.
1: that. Yeah. Well,
3: Who's face without, without a Scout
0: it. fart. Um, Ducky always wins in the end. Ducky Yay! always
3: wins in the end. Cheers. Here's to Ducky. The ducky and all of us, and to late bloomers, <laughs> the late bloomers,
0: and to late bloomers. Um, so let's let's talk about a couple news items. We'll go over um three of them really quick, but then we're gonna talk a while for the most exciting one. Um, so, um, <laughs> Watchmen is in talks, people, uh, HBO is in talks to bring uh Watchmen, the graphic novel, to mm. uh, to series. What do you guys think? I was very excited about that because, I'm because I mean. The movie got mixed reviews, and I was right there in the mixed-up review person (laughs) of it. I was just, you know, it was right after Zack Snyder did 300, so I was really excited. But I think that was, like, the entry into understanding how dark Zack Snyder is, which Mm -hmm. works for a lot of people. For me, it doesn't work. And I thought there was a couple... Miscast superheroes mm. in that. I totally agree uh, Except for the comedian who was perfect. That was a. Uh, is it Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Jeffrey Dean and Morgan and Rorschach,
1: uh, who was. Oh, uh, who, oh, oh yeah, uh, um,
0: Howard. No, no, not Howard. Oh God, it's Clint. Clint, 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 Clint. Something.
1: It's not Clint Howard. Uh, it, it's oh, the, it's not. It's the guy from Bad News ba- Bears. Bad News
2: Bears.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah, that's what we just. We'll just call him that. Jamie? Hold on, she's working through something.
2: I'm working on it. It's
0: like.
3: Jamie. I'm gonna Jamie, look it up.
0: Um, but but tell something? me while I look that up, uh, Brian, what do you think about that news?
3: Well. I, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I think I would be lying if I didn't say that I was a little skeptical. Um, although I'm, I am, um, I am hopeful. I would say cautiously hopeful because a, it's Damon Lindelof who's bringing it, and uh, I really love The Leftovers, and you know, of course, he brought us Lost as well. So he's very good. I think at serialized television. Uh, in my humble opinion. So I'm I'm yeah. I think he's gonna do a, a, a dutiful job for sure and an excellent job in that way. And I'm hopeful also because Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie, Jack, Haley. Jack, Jackie yeah. Earl Haley. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um
3: I, I'm hopeful Sorry, also Jackie. because um I think a film of The Watchmen was a feature film was probably not the best venue. I've always thought that The Watchmen, and everyone jump in here. I always thought that The Watchman is the purest example of graphic novel storytelling. It It is it, hard to translate it. it. It uses the graphic novel to tell the story, you know, in a way that only graphic novels can, you yeah. know, yeah. um, that a film can't and everything. But I would say if you were gonna do it, it's better to do it on television, especially during this time when we're making really great, cool TV. Um, I think it's, I think, I, I think, I think it'll be the best um, visual version, like, you know, media version of
2: it. I okay, totally so, agree. I think, oh, sorry. No, no, go go for it. That- I, I think uh, it's a, I'm like, I'm not really a comic book guy. I've read, m- graphic novels are definitely more up my alley. Yes. I've only read a few, to be honest. I've read Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I've read uh, Sin City series. I've read. Those are all
3: good. Good choices. Uh,
2: the Walking Dead. That's it. You should read.
0: And uh, well, you
3: got high quality ones.
2: for Vendetta by Alan Moore too. I
0: mean, In yeah. fairness,
3: Walking Dead is is a is a comic. As sure, well. it's
2: more of a comic.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, but you read the trade. Uh,
2: I read the, the, the yeah the big for, chunky ones. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Watchmen is a it's a dense story, very dense, very dense. So, so I think TV lends itself better, and and HBO Mm -hmm. kind of cinematic cable TV I think is a really great place for it to go. Exactly. And I'm also a huge fan of the leftovers. Well, here's so hard three things I think.
0: Um, I'll I'll go on what Jenny said about the leftovers. Um, they did a great thing. uh, Whether it was because of ratings or excuse me, uh, audience or whatever, they gave it three seasons. Yeah, and and I I don't think Watchmen style. Watchmen lends itself to go on to five or six no, or seven it's a seasons. Finite story, and I think Lindelof knows that now, and and where where they can look at it and say, okay, Watchmen, we can do this many seasons mm-hmm. from that. Secondly, Watchmen, what Brian was saying, Time Magazine but it one of the best novels, not just graphic novels, mm-hmm. novels mm-hmm. of the twentieth. That's true. Twentieth, yeah. really great, so. fantastic, and uh, thirdly. um you know, with Game of Thrones leaving next year. Mm. I mean, um, I don't know what can fill the void. I'm not saying watching it I mean, can. it hurts my heart just to does. talk about it. <laughs> because we're going to get to that trailer in a second. Um, I, I But this can fill a, a bit of a, a genre void if it goes yeah. through. Yeah, oh God. Josh, do you have any thoughts about it?
1: I, I think I am also skeptical, always skeptical, just because you never know how the creative team is going to interpret the work. Correct. Right. And and right. certainly the graphic novel is, is one of my favorite things of all time. It's And it's one of the most literary comics there is. Mm-hmm. Um, it uses color to sort of create a tone. Uh, there, there's a lot going on there that I think works for the comic. Uh, in order to match the tone, they're going to have to do a lot of work. The, the movie was unsuccessful, I thought, in, in matching tone in parts. Um it wanted I wanted to
3: make a superhero movie out of it, which yeah. is, which is really uh, something that's about uh, you know a story that's really using superheroes to tell a kind of political story, yeah. right. right? You know, and it wanted to make a kind of pure superhero
1: story. Out yeah, of it. but this which, is this the, is yeah. that's
0: not it's that's not what Watchmen is about. It's no. about people in real, and,
1: and, and sort that's of really what it is. Yeah. It's right, exactly. why I like the idea of it being on television is because the the comic is about the characters. Yeah. First and foremost, it, it really doesn't care about their powers or, you know, it, it's all in, yeah. in how they interrelate. And so that, I think, lends to television really, really well. Right. So. True. Uh, I'm excited, but I'm also. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't poop on it. I just. Yeah. I just I'll think- watch it. <laughs> let's
2: see.
0: Uh, one thing. Uh, I, I watch I, it. I hope yeah. that they couldn't do in the two, like. For two hours of a movie is they couldn't do the comic within the comic, and if yeah. it
1: goes, like, oh, the black of black, black, yeah, that, black pearl, yeah, that's, yeah, pearl. The, yeah.
0: The, the first thing I thought yeah. of is like, oh, they'll finally be able to do the comic. And they with, will do that with the kid reading at the, yeah. the, the,
3: the which is camp. critical to the story. It that's is. what I thought.
0: It you know really and, mirrors it. And uh, let well, us
3: not forget that in the age, in the political age we're living in right now, that it is a very keen time to redo the Watchmen. Yes. Yeah. It is.
2: Absolutely. Who and watches, watches Watchmen, Watchmen? When was Watch Watchmen came out in what? 80s? 80...
0: the 80s. Four?
3: Thatcher era. 80-ish. England. Yeah, 80s.
0: Cold War. Yeah. 80s? War. 80s. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: I can um Yeah. Um, let's move on to a couple things about Star Trek Discovery. First all right. of all, a new mm. uh, picture. Twist our arm. Uh, a new picture was released of Jason Isaacs uh, on the bridge of um, Discovery. It wasn't, you know, anything. He just he just looked great. He's he literally
3: great. sitting in the captain. He's literally sitting.
0: He looks sitting,
1: very crispy. He looks very,
0: <laughs> you know, and it was like, okay, great. You know, and the way they've described him, because we don't know much about his character, and they describe him as a steely Federation starship captain who's considered a brilliant military tactician. And he looks steely in the picture. Oh, sure. yeah.
2: I'll say steely. Well, I, can, I think we can probably expect him to be sort of like down-the-line, rule-book yeah. kind of captain, which, you know, I'm yeah. into that.
0: I, and, and then what uh, Jenny and I were talking about before uh, uh, we started recording was that— That is the first picture of the Discovery Bridge that we've seen. Everything in the trailers has been from the Shenzhou. The Shenzhou. From Mm -hmm. uh, Captain Georgiou's, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, Michelle Yeoh's character. We'll know soon enough how they pronounce it. Yeah, but then also... They're all
3: difficult to pronounce, I'll say that much, which is what I love about Star Trek. I, me
0: too. Yeah. Did you, you want to hear my stupid fan theory that I... Yes. um,
3: Yes, What else are we doing here? Yes, please. If not to hear that.
0: (laughs) It was last episode or two episodes ago, and it fell flat. We're talking about Star Trek. Do you see another spider? Why are you looking over my
3: head? No, I'm just kind of scanning the room.
0: Okay,
3: I got scared. <laughs> I'll let you know if I he's, see any arachnids. He's looking arachnids, for your, for your you know, thought bubbles. Thing.
0: It's like when you're talking to someone, they start looking over your shoulder, and you're like, "What? what, what what's no. going on? It's
3: a very Los Angeles. No, my
0: fan theory was you know, <laughs> it is, Michelle so Yeoh's name is Captain Georgiou. Whatever is that she is actually an ancestor of Captain Picard and also owns a vineyard. Her family also owns a vineyard in France and the wow. Georges married into the Picards and the Picard- <laughs> That is a... You are like,
2: that's a deep cut.
1: My goodness. That is That deep. theory is based on nothing
3: other <laughs> than gonna, God, it could be the pronunciation if, of her last name that, that you're not true, even sure about.
2: If that, that becomes true, I will pay you $100. Oh, you're gonna yes. get...
3: You're gonna get paid. That is amazing.
2: <laughs> I want it to happen so bad. I love that. That it's, is such a stretch and I love it deeply. Thank you.
1: It's a wanty. Thank you. It that is. It really a wanty. A me wanty. A me
2: wanty. want-y. That's what
0: happens that's what happened uh, when you can't sleep. Okay, so I'm really excited about Star Trek Discovery, but today we're gonna actually talk about something at this moment that is more exciting because today they released a brand
2: <laughs> new Game of Thrones trailer. Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> did yes. you guys hear
2: the new Game of Thrones theme song?
3: Game of Thrones.
2: (laughs) It's by a lounge singer. It's amazing. Named Danny Bartell. It's
3: a game (laughs) involving thrones. He's from
2: Cleveland.
3: Don't sit on that. It's made of
1: swords. (laughs) Swords. (laughs) Ah! Swords.
0: Jenny, since (laughs) you were the first to see the trailer today for Geek Girl Authority and write about it, I'm going to let you intro Uh, the trailer and what you think about it.
2: Okay, well, here's what I think about it. I was very excited. First of all, okay, I'm a huge fan of the. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. You're universe. a super fan. I'm you are a indeed. crazy You're big super, fan yeah. of Game of, of Thrones. Oh, I love it so hard. I love it so much. Oh, it's okay. Um, okay, so the trailer came out, and um, it starts with Sansa. Sansa's alone in the snow. And uh, it's Littlefinger sort of, like, talking in her ear. Oh, my God. It's like it's like he's on a shoulder. What do you call it? Like, somebody that's constantly whispering yeah. in your ear. Which we and- sort of and- know is their relationship at yeah. this point. Yes. It's very But exciting. what he's saying is so what, Littlefinger. Right. What he's saying is, like, you can't physically fight these battles. You have to fight every battle always in your mind. In right? your mind. I mean, that's—oh, I love that. It's so good. Because, yeah. like, Jon Snow is the Stark that is going to physically fight these battles. Yeah. Sansa is going to fight them mentally. Yeah. And she might went like, what? You, you don't even know the, yeah. the 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 amount the arc that they have put Sansa on. I think is best. one of the most compelling things yes. about the series.
1: I would yeah, have right to well. agree with that. That's so good because she starts as the dopey a rich girl. Exhibit. Yeah, yeah. She she's she, like, she doesn't know anything but embroidery and she's trying to be a lady
2: and superficial.
1: If she's she going was to win in, the war. Checking out the if Westeros was, version of TMZ.
3: Exactly. The if she was
0: today <laughs> and now she'd be. On Snapchat,
1: chap,
2: Snapchat,
3: Snapchat. Snapchat. Do you
1: remember the British version of Snapchat
2: called Snapchat? Snapchat,
0: Snapchat. 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 And
1: then for the one for the little kids, (laughs) Pipchap.
0: Stop (laughs) it. Anyway, yes, yes. Her arc has been amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's exciting because you really do get the sense that she it. The onus is on her to help win this major war, and you know she can do it. She she has in the Battle of the Bastards. Uh, oh. It was her uh, grand stroke of yes, genius. Yes,
2: she won that battle. I'm going to say this. This
3: is possibly bold. I think Sansa has gone from the very worst Stark to possibly the most badass Stark. Yeah, I totally agree. I think agree. She's, she is now, from the journey that she's gone through, she is um, calmer and than Rob ever was. You know, Rob was a hothead a little bit. You know, and she is, I think, more patient than Arya. Mm-hmm. She is way more strategic than Jon Snow. Yeah,
2: and, and less emotional. And less, less emotional. emotional. And that's
3: really important. She's, yes. She is, I think she's even more um, of a leader, of a calm, cool leader than Ned. or Or, um, um, what's Mrs. Catelyn. Catelyn Stark as well. I think who are also great, great people of great character. What
0: about, what about Rickon? Rickon.
3: We don't know <laughs> dick oh, about Rickon. He lived Rickan. in the woods for
1: a bit. <laughs> and now he's gone. Now, yeah, now he's You got
3: Bran, who's like his own cul-de-sac, because oh. he's a full wizard. He's, yeah. Yep. So he's and then Rickon, I don't
1: even know what Rickon is. He really it is. It was really
0: sad, though. Was, yeah. Was really they, I mean, they brought him back in the most, it was horribly really poignant It was beautiful way. and
1: awful. Now, and I will, I will say this, too, getting back to the, the fact that she's the one who can make the uh, decisions that require, like, no emotion. Yeah, she yeah. she has uh, detached herself. From, yeah, she watched a man being eaten alive by dogs. She watched the whole damn thing. And yes, he did terrible things to her. Yes, but should somebody do terrible things to me, I would still turn away. She's gonna I be. She's gonna
2: end up being the hand. Yeah, in my. I I really felt like. Like, and I think this is setting her up, like, she's gonna be the strongest Stark of them all. And I think that is. Yep, I think that's very true. Beware of the quiet ones, people. Yep. Beware Mm -hmm. of the quiet ones. So, So, like, we see them all separately. Everybody in the trailer, you see them all, like, they're on their own. So, Littlefinger's, you know, talking in her ear, and then you see, like, you see little, just little snippets of, like, Daenerys is in Dragonstone and mm-hmm. in the war room, and like uh, Jamie is walking somewhere, and Aria's on a horse, and like they're just like they're all by themselves. And then you hear, I'm pretty sure it's Jon Snow talking about how their families. I think it was
0: Jon as well.
2: Yeah. How their families, uh, you know, at one time came together against a common enemy, and like Danny pulls the stag banner off of yes, Dragonstone. It's so is- awesome
3: you know what I also loved from the very beginning of this, um of this thing is they show our you know, they show, excuse me, Sansa, she's clearly walking away from a heart tree in a in what looks like the Weirwood, like the Godswood um in Winterfell. In Winterfell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the books and really also in in the series, she's sort of like obsessed with the The southern gods and obsessed with the like you know the seven and all that like she wants to and she wears her
2: hair like the southern like i feel like she is
3: back fully to who she is completely grounded in who she is Mm -hmm. even her final um speech which is ned is is a quote actually from from feast of crows where when she talks about the idea that you know a lone wolf can be killed but the, the pack survives you know is like it's so it's shot or recorded so intimately and so like calmly and so sort of you know resolutely. I'm like that's yeah. she's, she and, and, ha- she it's really her story. In a and lot hats
0: of ways. off to, to Sophie Turner for for going I through was this whole. I just the same thing with yeah. that character. And so this yep. is what um, Jenny was saying. This is what we hear John Snow say. For centuries, our families fought together against their common enemy. We need to do the same if we're going to survive. Um, the enemy is real it's always been real and then you think that's so
2: I really think that this trailer is, is about unity which really surprised me right. because I've really been focused on Daenerys coming with her Dothraki horde and the dragons to Westeros to like just kick everybody's ass and like who's gonna win within these yeah. people yeah. and just like the option sort of of I mean obviously that's gonna happen there's gonna be some infighting and that's that's and we see
3: dragons doing their thing. Unavoidable.
0: In oh my god, they're
2: going to do I, it! I freezed one part. I froze one. I
0: kept watching it and freezing to to soak it in. And there's this one with with the dragon coming down and a Dothraki like yeah.
2: on his horse, and it was amazing. It's so good. See? But they're but like just the the idea that in this season they could possibly come together to fight against yeah.
0: the, the
1: real I, enemy, which the, is evil White
2: Walkers.
0: I kind of got the feeling that John and Daenerys were going to meet.
1: Yeah. Like, well, yeah. They actually, um, there is actual uh, photo footage of them like walking together. together so uh, uh, it is the song of fire and ice.
2: Oh. Well, that's it's so saying. exciting, you guys.
0: So, so like what you, both of you guys were saying, and then there's the the quote, which um, if go to geekgirlthor.com and and you can read uh, Jenny's piece on the trailer, but you end it with a quote from the trailer, which is when the snow falls and the white wind blows. The lone wolf dies, but the pack survives.
2: I mean, I, I have chills right now. I but know. who's the lone wolf?
1: The lone I mean, wolf dies.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I it's mean, good. it's a start. Well,
1: We're talking or, or, wolves. Or it could just it's be a, yeah. m- metaphorical, too. Yeah. She, it could be her saying, uh, should we decide to yeah. try this on right. our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. one of we
3: some of us may die yeah. but the pack will survive. Exactly. Yeah. But you know the original People are going to die. The original context People is,
2: we love are
0: going are gonna die, to die. But yeah. we still yes. have to
3: do this thing.
2: Yeah, we still have you
0: to. You know go. the
3: original quote <laughs> it's Aria remembering Ned saying
1: yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: And but actually the beyond the quote Arya's like, "Oh, but that's Dad had it backwards, you know, Ned had it backwards." because look who's look who's ki- who's killed we're all we're all scattered to the wind the lone wolf died and the pack also died but i think now this context makes it look like
2: they're coming back together he,
3: ned was saying something else which is like you can see you can take one of us but you can't take all of us if we're unified yeah you know and, and they're and, like you know. they're
2: coming like they're back is back in westeros
3: those fucking dragons Flying back to Dragonstone, all three of them flying into Dragonstone. Oh, so awesome. And you guys, we have I got, even, I got rigid. I got we, we rigid. We haven't even
0: mentioned a uh, uh, Bran and, and and the Night
2: King and all that kind
0: of stuff.
3: Oh yeah. Which we oh we, Bran, I've been so, waiting
2: to see a really like solid three eyed Raven, raven I, shot.
0: And, and what was
3: missing it. was the yeah. shot of Rickon as the night manager at a Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty good job. I mean, he's able to have a two bedroom apartment by himself. Well, well the,
0: we we haven't talked about Beric. I was just gonna say, one of, Jenny and I talked about this earlier today. One of the coolest, which is shots. cool,
3: flaming sword, swart. Oh.
0: Come on, he puts the sword up and it gets some fire. And, and now you're
3: like, oh, gone. it's he a lightsaber. We haven't saber. heard anything from him for it's a fire while,
2: saber.
3: right?
1: But it's very yeah, exciting. But it's basically a light <laughs> Also <laughs> makes
2: me think that maybe Catlin <laughs> Lady Storm, uh, Lady Storm
3: might yeah, show. Yeah, her Is it Storm Is
2: that what they call her? Lady Storm?
0: forget something.
1: I'm I sorry. Know. I always Lady call her the swamp Funch queen. Funch. <laughs> I um. Can I? Oh, yes. One, well,
0: Josh, you so, have the uh, final. final I, work. I
1: work in an environment where uh, my my job is basically to scan all of these stories. You know, like when I was at Nerdist, part of my job was to write the news and cut to, to ladies- coal
3: miner in West Virginia. What the fuck? <laughs> That's your fucking job, bro. <laughs> my uh-huh. job is to go down into the earth and dig up Trump's
1: coal. <laughs> Um, lady Lady Stoneheart. I just wanted to Stoneheart. say that. Anyway, <laughs> Josh, go ahead. Um, so uh, I tend to uh, see these things and I tend to brush them off because there's so much. You know, news comes up, they've just cast a new person yeah. or, you know, new photos of the Black Panther. Um, and all of this stuff is stuff I love, but I, I, I'm just awash in it. Um, and so I saw, oh, there's a new trailer for Game of Thrones. And I actually did that thing like, oh, uh, yeah. And then it, it took about 30 seconds. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. The
2: storytelling yeah. in this trailer is really, yeah. really Oh,
1: it's amazing. Good. And, yeah. and it, it just reminds me that Game of Thrones is something other. It's it, something better than everything that we're getting. Really so, like, is. I love yeah. the Marvel Universe stuff. But when it comes to Game of Thrones, I am like viscerally it's Game offended. Game of Thrones and Better Call Saul. Yeah. Better Call Saul. Ooh. Ooh, it's those two things. Handmaid's Tale also. Let's throw it in. Well, well, Game Tale. Of, Handmaid's Game, Tale. Game, of, Game of Thrones is, is
0: a very singular close. show that like 50 years from now are,
1: you know. Game
2: of Thrones for me is up there with it's, BSG. It is yeah. Oh, all, Deadwood. They'll like never the be best TV ever anything, Yeah,
0: the yeah. best anything, TV ever. Easily. Anything like it. And like you said, Jenny, I think it's very important. Uh, Game of Thrones is always really good at storytelling, but what they did with the trailer—the storytelling in the trailer, which you talked about in in what you wrote and everything—is is is just on point.
1: Giving it's nothing just, away, but telling everything as to like yeah. what what we can expect. And giving that is nothing is away, so brilliant,
0: but making your brain explode. Yes. it's it's like heavy anticipation. Uh. All right, guys. Okay, so we need to move on. We're like we're like forty two minutes in, and we haven't talked about. I'm our sorry. Topic. <laughs> no. I
2: Star Trek and Game of Thrones. What are we to do? I'm sweating. Okay, <laughs> I so- have to calm down. The hair on my arms is standing on it. <laughs> I know and that's I'm a real so thing. Excited. You can look at I it. I can see it. <laughs>
0: it could be the spider that's on you. No,
2: I no? don't even notice okay. that guy. Okay.
0: All right, so um, let me read uh, a couple Twitter uh, responses for a summer reading list. We're gonna we're all we all bought uh, brought three books to the table. We may not get to them all um, of what we think you guys should read, and we all have. I mean, we have. Um, some common reading habits, the four of us, but at the same time, we don't. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. You really laid out the I landscape. Did. I did.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, uh, let's see. A oh, puck. Oh, I, hang on.
1: I, Dog fart. Okay. Oh, oh, for real? Well, just, he's just over. Just prepare. On. Just prepare. This and, is a bad it's one. it's getting
0: hot in the room. Well, look at him. He totally finally relaxed. No wonder farts That's are coming silly. out of him. And Very actually, hard. the people that are going to get, or Jenny and uh, Josh his oh, butt, brutal. But I don't it's, have it yet. Okay, so um, here are and Brian's going. Can, you can't take a picture of a fart, Brian. No.
3: Yes, you can. No, it's like remember when you, that song. It's cut? Like, that. That was a song cut from the Music Man. You <laughs> can take a picture of a fart.
2: It's like when you take you a picture try, of a ghost. But there's an art, and there's like a weird like white light in the picture. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's not it's a ghost. Not a, ghost. a Shine in the lens. Mm-hmm. It's a
2: fart. So I asked um, our social
0: media folks, our fans, um, to tell us what they like to read. Uh, at Puck90, um, one of our great fans and actually a good friend of uh, ours, Allison. Allison, said, she said, this may actually made me want to read these. She said, old school Star Trek DS9 books Ooh. from the end of the TV show through Unity. She said, uh, one is uh, Bajor uh, joins the Federation, Picard and Rose relationship resolves, Roe meets Kira.
2: Really? Yeah, I think that sounds
0: fascinating.
2: I, DS9 is, is one of my faves. Yeah. So that's very um,
0: interesting. Talina Morrison uh, at Lynn Mink says, Ender's Game. It's always yeah. a good choice. Yeah, she's right about that. Yeah, it's yeah, a good book. Uh, Almost
3: put it on my own list. No.
0: And then uh, she, she uploaded a photo. These must be her books The Dragon Prince and Dragon Star Trilogies. Wait, these are books she wrote? No 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 these oh. are books she owns and she she uh, like put them all together and took a picture awesome. of them. Uh one whole storyline are fantastic summer reading, fantastic in all caps. So that's Dragon Prince and Dragon Star. Okay. Um highly recommended Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. Oh
1: yes. Harry, that's one I have to read still. The yeah. best. I have not read that. I have not
0: either.
3: That's great for the summer.
0: Harry uh Harry Potter of course uh and etlin mix tweeted again my husband suggests the Nightside series by Simon Ar I don't know anything about that one. At underscore daft vamp, she tweeted four times. She said, fantasy heist book, Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. Okay. Fantasy, Warbreaker. Warbreaker's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson. And she also says Mistborn by Brandon and, uh, yeah. Brandon Sanderson, which is great. Um, Elantris, Elantris. Um, uh, the Stormlight Archive by, by Brandon Sanderson is fantastic. Okay, so she says YA Fluff, Cinder by Marissa Myers.
3: Okay, that's uh, always good, a little YA Fluff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. Hanging out by YA uh, Superhero, she says Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson. Then she goes, there's a theme. <laughs> um, Brandon
3: Sanderson needs to calm down. I need he, to
0: take a look at Brandon Sanderson. Oh, my God. he's well,
3: he's well, he's, he's, he's He writes a lot.
0: He's he's so prolific, and it's epic fantasy. You're talking about like four hundred thousand words a
3: book. He was born to the work,
0: you know. Um, and he's in the middle of Stormlight Archive right now. Book three comes out in November, and I'm really looking forward to that. I should have talked to my mom about this. She's a big reader. She's a big fantasy reader. Big. Oh, big I'm gonna write a bunch of. I bet we should have talked. She should tune into the, the, the
3: podcast.
0: Yeah. Um, we well, you know who is listening. Who is Jenny's dad?
3: Oh, my oh, dad's dad. always listening. listening. Hello,
0: Paul. Hi,
2: Hi Dad. Hi.
3: What's up, Paul? <laughs> I'm not sure if you Thanks for the Paul. delicious wine. You haven't
2: met Paul,
0: but Your he's daughter's
3: awesome. rad. <laughs> he he, he was
2: a uh, Oh, you probably you met him. You probably met him. At a July Fourth. You would remember or...
3: he's a full Viking. <laughs> oh, yes. The tall, yes, we did. Yeah. in the kitchen. No, no, yes, he's a yeah, full yes. charging on the shore Viking. He's got a super scowl. <laughs> yeah. She
0: also says uh, the vampire books by Anne Rice, uh, Harry Potter again, and the color, and Terry Pratchett again. Yep. And then she left one final tweet that said, don't hate me for all the books. I love you. That's cute. All right, so we are going to start with Brian has his iPad out. Brian Bradley, tell us a book to read this summer. Yeah, I'm
3: just gonna, I'll just tell one, and then we'll go around. Yes, we're doing Ron Robin. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, recommend uh, something called Remember. It's a trilogy of books. The trilogy is called Remembrance of Earth's Past, but it's often known as the Three Body Problem, and it's a Chinese book uh, by a Chinese author. Translated into English.
0: I was going to say, did you read it in Chinese?
3: I did not. I you were so <laughs> Mandarin
0: <hot>. or Cantonese? <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, I don't <laughs> know.
3: <laughs> um, the, the writer's name is uh, Leo
1: Shizhou. Ooh. That's the best I could do. Is he uh, the second in command for the new Star Trek? No, he gonna is. <laughs> he is. He is.
0: With Captain Georgiou. <laughs> on the
3: Shenzhou.
2: <laughs> on the
0: The, uh,
3: the, uh, the three books are um, The Three-Body Problem, The Dark Forest, and Death's End. These are for sure hard Science fiction. Uh, so, for those uh, not in the know, hard science fiction would be you know science fiction that leans heavily on science and uses it as a part of the storytelling. So nuts and boltsy a, a lot. Uh, it's my my kind of my favorite. I like that too. Yeah, you'd like this a lot then. Um, the the it's a complex series, but um, the summary might go something like um, in nineteen sixties Cultural Revolution China. Uh, a young lady whose father's been killed in the during the Cultural Revolution, torn apart by high school students. Real, real stuff that yeah, happened. Yeah. See, um, this
2: is this is my favorite thing. Yeah. about well, reading in general, but also when science fiction merges with, with
3: real sh- with stuff.
2: historical Absolutely. context. You will and, love this and historical because it's not fiction. History we know
3: because it's the history right, of China. Right, right. I'm all about during it the Cultural and revisionist Revolution.
2: history. I love. I love that shit too. So
3: oh, so her father's killed and she becomes bitter and, and she's sort of an outcast and she's sent to a secret base because she has an astrophysicist like her father. And uh, I won't go into all of it, but what happens is this base turns out to be a listening station like SETI that the Chinese are using to try and send out messages to uh, other, you know, alien races oh, in the galaxy. Brilliant. And she actually makes... I'm not giving anything away or too much away. She makes contact. And, and this is a what-if story is what if we made contact with a close by alien race, advanced race, and they didn't mean us well. They meant us harm. Hmm. Um cool. straight up mean us harm. They tell us that. I can't go into all of it. Um, but they really mean us harm and they let us know they mean us harm, and they're coming, Ooh, that's except scary. they're four light years away, and so it's gonna take, you know, four hundred years. For them to get here.
0: So you have a 400 year warning.
3: 400 year warning to prepare. And so it's cultural history, it's cultural science fiction. Um, It's very complex. I'm I'm, really not doing it justice. Does that
0: create like a, uh, there must be like an industrial boom on the planet Earth as they try to.
3: And much, much more. Um, It it is, uh, I I will tell you, it won the Hugo Award in 2015. And Barack Obama is a fan of it. Oh. (laughs) Well, then. Say say no more. Barack Obama read it and said it was his one of his favorite series of books. Oh my my god! Could I not love
2: Barack Obama more? So check it out. Barack
3: Obama and I also born on the same day, August fourth. Really? Although not the same year. So anyway, I don't have to be born August fourth to enjoy this. Please check (laughs) out "Remembrance of Earth's Past," and I would recommend them. You can read them, or I think the audibles are pretty good. Um Kin Lu, who does the uh, narration on them, is, is pretty terrific. And it's helpful with a lot of the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Although you want the books because you need to... There's a lot of footnotes because of the Chinese right. stuff you need to understand. Right. Sounds amazing. So, you got to work a little bit. But this it's worth awesome. it. Anyway, All right, Jenny, that's my choice.
2: Jenny, you give us a book. Okay, I'm going to start with uh, Real Science Better Than Fiction. Cool. Okay? I'm a big nonfiction reader. I really, really like nonfiction. I like historical nonfiction. I also yes. like historical fiction. But I'm really like voraciously used to read historical nonfiction. I currently have a two-year-old, and I haven't read. <laughs> um, I haven't read a real book in full in two years Most or one books month. Most of have about six pages, very thick pages. <laughs> I know a lot about going to the potty, sure. but um. So this is a book called The Great Influenza. It's by John M. Barry. It's about the Great Influenza, the uh, pandemic of 1918. And here's what's great about it is that it spends a lot of its time on historical context. So it's like uh, it talks about where the science of medicine was at that time. Germ theory was very new, right? And there were still doctors like digging up bodies to to like experiment on mm-hmm. and and learn about anatomy. That's awesome. And um, germs were sort of like some of. Some people thought that was, like, ridiculous, and some people were really into it. So there's a lot of this context of, like, germ theory, medicine, World War One, and then, like, the travel of soldiers all contributed Ah, to this crazy pandemic that took over the world, right? Wow. So uh, it goes very deeply into the science of, like, what a virus is, what what that particular flu virus did. I'm going to maybe say it wrong. I think it's HN... H1N1. H1N1, I think, is the flu virus that, took, uh-huh. that was the pandemic. Um but it's like here's what a virus does, and here's why So
1: it talks
2: this,
3: you through the science of it. It talks
2: you through the science of why viral. it became so viral and and why it affects people and how it affects pigs and how people can be affected by pigs more than birds. And like there's huh. just this incredible richness of science in the explanation of why this became a pandemic. And then you get the cultural parts of, like, it. World that War I. That really fascinating. And, and the politics of it and wow. the reason that people were shipped away and, uh, you know, the, how medicine dealt with it. And, I mean, it's fascinating. Well, it's so it's interesting. interesting. It's called The Great Influenza. Great. That's
0: fascinating. I mean, because what you were saying, I mean, I know the— Influ- the flu pandemic of that time but I I don't think I I thought about it on a global scale like you just explained with um you know with soldiers carrying ger- that's really fascinating awesome.
2: yeah all right and they were all in these you know really cramped barracks and exactly they shipped away and yeah I, I it's really perfect honestly, place for germs to fester. my very favorite book I've ever read
1: really all right. okay. I love
0: it high recommendation flow mr. Josh Flom
1: okay so uh the first book I want to talk about is um. One of the best sci fi books I've ever read, and it's one of the most, uh, ones, one of the ones I've read most recently, which is uh, called Dark Eden. Oh, um, you
0: made me read that. I loved it.
1: it. It's a great book by a guy named Chris Beckett. Um, I, I just, first of all, I have to say, I love the idea. So oh. it, it's the idea. Um, the dog is scratching itself, <laughs> himself. Uh, hey, they have genders too. Um, so basically, what happens is, um, a small scientific vessel of human beings. And when I say small, it's like, I think, five people. Oh, wow. They they land on an alien planet. They crash land, and uh, they're just stuck there forever. I think a couple of them get away but die in space, and that doesn't give anything away. But the ones who remain are forced to try and uh, keep the human race alive on an alien planet light years away from Earth. Uh, and so the book actually takes place, I think, around uh 50 or 75 years after that happens so you've got now around 500 uh living human beings on a planet that is absolutely unlike anything on earth uh knowing nothing about science like there's 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 nothing about human history that they really know but what they've been told by their ancestors who are dead dead only like 20 years um the planet itself is called dark eden because there's no real natural light Every Everything is phosphorescent um and so it, oh, it, wow. it, it deals with like all of these creatures that glow uh these uh, birds that are, are more like bats that fly through the sky, but uh, you, you can you can see them, but not the sky you, it's just nothing but stars and and um just the way that uh, Chris Beckett describes everything is really interesting and and it's a world like nothing I've ever seen, not even avatar which is the closest thing i was just
2: gonna say it yeah. reminds me of avatar Except- which that anything bioluminescent makes me very happy
1: <laughs> i'm yeah. really excited so <laughs> so but this is great because it, it takes humanity back to its most primitive stages they've lost everything they have nothing they don't have technology the, you know they they have to once again start from scratch on an alien planet um and it you know they have terrifying creatures that they have to deal with and um the other thing I love about the book is that uh, he really plays with language. So he talks. Yeah. He, he deals with how the human, in, the English language evolves, on, just with these 500 people, and it's it's so interesting because it's a very easy read. You could you glide right through it, but they uh, repeat words for emphasis. Um, they don't necessarily understand what certain things are, and so their words create no context. Oh, that's cool. Um, that sounds amazing. I love it. It's, it's
0: it's really good, and I read this one on on Josh's recommendation, and it's also you did. Really, yeah, and, and and like you said, so it's not, um, because this the only a couple of people are on that planet, so all these five hundred people are descended from these two people, so that basically there's been a lot of inbreeding. Yep. So yeah. the physical effects and mental effects ha, are are <laughs> plays plays into. Into that and how religion is born. Religion is basically, or not religion. Um, Don't give everything away. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. Um, what you see as sacred. know, yes. Like yeah. like with the landing, like this is where we know our ancestors landed, so that's like church, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a really
1: good book. I love that. And you, t- you
0: told me there's sequels, right? Yeah,
1: um, there, I, there's one sequel that I know of, um, and it's, I think, called Mother of Eden, and it's it takes place— maybe a hundred years after the original book. So none of the characters that you meet in the first book are in uh-huh. the second one. But it's it's fascinating. Now now um humanity has expanded to multiple tribes. Those tribes have evolved and are starting to uh war.
0: Oh, of course. Which is that's naturally what, people,
1: what happens. That's what shapes yeah. do, yo. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna talk about a book um actually I don't know. um <laughs> Jenny wrote about this this book that had been optioned by a, by, by, by a studio. Oh, did you read it? Called The Punch Escrow. Yeah. They saw your article, and then they sent me the Galley book. <gasps> That's amazing. I'm almost done, so. I uh, want to borrow yeah. it. Because um, when I it. heard about it, I was like, that sounds cool. It's called The Punch Escrow, and it turns out it's... Um, like, it won a—I'm sorry if I get this wrong. It, like, won a contest, like, with a, a geek and sundry starting a publishing company. And they won, they did a hard fiction or hard science fiction contest, and this guy won. So, it's called the Punch Escrow. It takes place in—I um, wrote down a summary just because it's easier for me to explain that way. So, it's 2147. Advancements in nanotechnology have enabled us to control aging. We've genetically engineered—this mos- is great. Mosquitoes. This is my favorite. Mosquitoes <laughs> to feast on carbon fumes instead of blood-ending air pollution. So what they did, so the— it's the, the best possible solution mis- to everything. Mosquitoes yeah. are eating carbon, <laughs> uh, like a, a carbon dioxide and everything, and so we don't have pollution. But when you walk outside, you might think it's raining, but it's really just <gasps> mosquito <gasps> excrement.
3: Oh! oh.
2: That, that's the price that for... That does
3: not sound that's like That's the price best. you pay.
0: That's,
2: so, that's so, the mosquito price.
0: Ta- that sounds terrible. So in this book, it's teleportation free. has become the ideal mode of transportation, of course, offered exclusively by a company called International Transport. They say uh, departure, departure, arrival, delight is their their um, their motto. Um, so their main character is Joel Byram. So um, he spends his days uh, training AIs, to act more human. It's called salting where you talk to an AI and you teach it the sense of humor and you make money. Like you talk to different mm-hmm. programs and you help them get smarter basically. And they call it salting. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's, um, he gets duplicated and this is all on the jacket. So I'm not giving anything away. So he gets duplicated during a, a transportation thing and his marriage is kind of falling apart. His wife works in a top secret um for the international transport, like a division. So we don't know what she does. But he gets um, he gets duplicated. So now Joel must outsmart the shadowy organization that controls teleportation, outrun the religious sect, out to destroy it, and find a way back to the woman he loves in a world that now has two of them. So of course there's religious organizations that hate teleportation. They think that we've gone, gone too far. And it is pretty good hard science fiction. He does this thing, and once again, I'm not giving anything away, where he's telling it, the story from the future, from his future, so he's talking back, uh, and so he's saying, "Oh, you guys may not know about this yet." So it's a great device to let us know. And they're all done in some these, of it's science, yeah, and, and it's kind of all done horror. in footnotes. Nice. And some of it's real, and some of it's just for for the book. It's got amazing that's action fine. sequences. It's suspenseful, and there are some exquisite laugh out loud moments. The character is like he's like a super normal guy that you you want. To root for, and I don't want to talk more about it, but it's great for a summer book because it's fun. It's 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 almost like as excited as I was when I was reading Ready Player One, which people oh, cool. um, um compare great this book. book to and everything. So I That's recommend one. so it's, it's not out yet, That's but it's a very easy summer read. In a day. Yeah, right. yeah. So Punch good, good. Esker, I don't know when the release date is, it's about by Tao M. Klein. Um definitely put that on your list. He's gonna be at Comic Con and I'm gonna to try to um get a hold of him to to chat with him That'd be awesome. about the book. Jenny, tell us another
2: one. Me? Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna to go to um some oldies but goodies that you might have forgotten are books. Um one of my favorite sci-fi books that I've ever read is Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, by Michael Crichton.
3: That's
2: a good book, and I never read it. I There saw a movie. are there are um, you know all of these multiple sequels and whatever, but like they did a good job with Jurassic Park the movie. They did a decent job, That's but a fun that movie. that book really goes into. I read that book when I was like I was probably twelve. I was really into reading. <laughs> That's kind of twelve year old I was. I was reading like Michael Crichton and John Grisham all the time really wanted to read
1: grown-up books. When I, same, same here. When, yeah. I was, when I was 12, I, I, I went through the entire Michael Crichton yeah,
2: right? library. Yeah, right?
1: I mean, Michael Crichton is, um, I'm not
3: invited to a party reading.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, oh. No, I'm sorry. It's you've true. Just, Better late I mean, than you've never, Brian. opened a never. window into all of our childhoods. Um, uh, What's uh, wrong with that?
3: I hate to be dark. <laughs> I
2: it's a really really good book. And mm-hmm. it's it's there you know they they weren't able to address the science of it really in the movie. They addressed more of the, you know, the more compelling sort of yeah, character motivated is, is action and stuff. The film in
3: that it's yeah. fantastic. There's yeah. so
2: much cool specific science in the book that is overlooked like, you know, with like cartoon DNA guy in the movie. Yeah. It's it's just a really and it's it's a pretty quick read like it's a very compelling read, you know, you get through it relatively fast. I've read it twice. I read it as a kid and I read it as an adult. It totally holds up. It's a sure. really really good book and I fully suggest I you should take it that. on. I, never, I actually yeah. have never you read love any
3: it. Michael would It's Crayton. summer read. I'd say
0: yeah.
1: that's it a great It is an excellent summer, summer read.
2: read. The Great Influenza is a dense summer a read. Station, <laughs>
1: knocking out Jurassic Park by the pool, not a bad idea. Yeah,
2: it's a really good book.
1: <laughs> Don't take The Great Influenza to Maui. No,
2: no but <laughs> you maybe can take Jurassic it, Park. Yes. You can take it to Maui, but you won't
0: look
1: yeah, at Maui. No, you
2: won't look at Maui. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian, give us a book. <gasps> um,
3: you know what? I'm going to suggest uh, um, a classic. Another series. Okay. Okay. Um, this is classic stuff. And if you and, and many people have not read this and um, probably claim to have read it, uh, who are science fiction fans. But really it's worth going and reading is, is Isaac Asimov's foundation series. Yes. I think um, you know, it's seminal science fiction. He wrote the first three books.
0: How many are there? Seven or eight?
3: There are three, four, five, six, seven. Seven total. There's he wrote three from nineteen fifty one to nineteen fifty three. Pulp Fiction writing, meaning he's knocking out one a year. Um, and then in the 80s, he wrote two more sequels and then two prequels to it. Um, I really think the middle three are enough, um, uh, although I think you can enjoy them all. You could you could actually approach it from reading the prequels all the way through. Um, the first prequel is called... Uh, prelude to foundation Hell, uh, very creative so, very uh, right pre- it will be easy to yeah, find yeah. but um I think it's great so the 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 uh, you know the the synopsis is um it's the few there's a galactic Empire we're in the sort of far future. it's all human beings they're strangely like 1950s human beings uh, but it's the far future and uh this scientist uh Selden is his name. Last name. He he's Harry a Selden, Harry Seldon. Yeah. He's a, um, you know, uh, he he he's created a science for predicting the future, and a psycho historian. and he, huh. um, basically, he he's predicting that you know the the galaxy is going, the galactic empire is going to collapse, and that there'll be a ten thousand year of ten thousand years of chaos and but if if the galactic empire listens to him he can reduce the 10,000 years to a 1,000 years and reduce our misery and our pain so you can't it's can't avoid
0: it but he can reduce can't it can't
3: avoid it but you can reduce it and so uh he sets out to do that and there's it's much more complex than that but it's a lot of fun i i will warn uh readers uh especially uh, our 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 female readers this is a book from these are books from the 50s mm-hmm. you're their pulp it's the height of Pulp Fiction. And so, you know, your female characters, though there are many great ones in, in all of the books, are likely to be dressed in metallic stretch pants. it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> They're
0: just
3: de- yeah. described in a very, for a 12-year-old boy, because these were the readers of science fiction in the 1950s. But um, the books are incredibly prescient, incredibly complex. They talk about... Um, the the idea of leaning into science and the the belief in science versus mysticism and um, it's like great unbelievably great writing it's, it's Isaac it's, Asimov it's, need I say more it's
0: right. incredibly creative and um I'll, I'll admit this like I'm a voracious reader right um, but I wasn't always I don't know what it was about reading that I hated so much. Um, it wasn't until I was like around 30 before I became a reader, Really? Yeah, which is very surprising huh. because I, I read so much now That's that that seems surprising. I was lucky if I read a book a year and Brian knows this because he's been with me for, for so so long. I, I would get so angry like when he was reading at night because I just wanted the light to go off and he would fall asleep reading and the light would still be on and I'd be time, like, oh, right, read the book. And yeah. so-
3: it was anyway, really a book bully.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what it was, why I was uh, being so stubborn about it and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so the, the the series of books that started my reading adventure of my adult life is I was uh, working in a—I was paying for classes in a comedy theater by working in their box office, and I bought the first foundation novel— and you know, I took the tickets, they did the show and I read the book and I read the second, one, the, great, third one the third, one the third. And then I, have to I say. never stopped reading after so That's for those awesome. of you that are thinking, I don't wanna, yeah. you know, if That's you have a little cool
2: story It's
0: true. If, so Catch if you have on, uh, any reservations uh foundation series is really good and there are some concepts in there, even for a Pulp book yes. that are pretty heady. You know very heady. You know? I mean I, I mean Because it, he no even joke. brings up the three laws of robotics at the end of you yes. know, that's not well, iRobot, you know. The, the so. robotic
3: books are in the same universe. Yeah. So um, there's crossover and intersectionality between the books. But but you don't have to know anything about Isaac Asimov no. to en- en- enjoy yeah. these. I, I, I think really if you're, you know what I would say is if you're like, I'm never really, I love science fiction. I love films, uh, television and all of that stuff. But I've never been much of a science fiction reader. Boy, start with the Foundation Absolutely. series. Absolutely, which because is what I did. So, so it's much of Foundation what comes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there In, you go. Yeah, yes. Um, you know what? What comes later is really based on this stuff. You know, and you can throw into that pot Arthur C. Clarke and uh,
0: um, Heinlein and hein,
3: Robert and Heinlein, Heinlein, if you mm-hmm. want to Hald- and, and-, and-
0: all right. Well, let's let's move on. We're running out of time, so I want to yep. make sure we get all our three books. I'll go next. Um, the Fifteen Lives of Harry August uh, in A Night of Insomnia. And I was going through all the Amazon. I must have gone through hundred Amazon books, and I came across this book by Claire North. Um, so once again, the Fifteen Lives of Harry August. So it is no matter what he does or the decisions he makes when death comes, Harry always returns to where he began—a child with all the knowledge of a life. He has already lived a dozen times before. Nothing changes until now. As Harry nears the end of his 11th life, a little girl appears at his bedside. I nearly missed you, she says. I need to send a message. The world is ending. So this is a story of what Harry does next and what he did before. So anyway. Cool. So what it is, is is, is, is you you follow this guy and it's just his life. It's just a very boring life. He's a poor kid in England um, right before World War One. Um. He lives his life, dies, and then um, it turns out. But then he is born again, and it's the same exact life, same circumstances. So he finds out that he's part of a a mutant species, basically. I mean, they never say that. That's my word for it. Called the Kala Chakra, and yeah. um, it's these people that live their life, and they are gone back to the moment of their birth. But there's no circumstances that have changed. So the more lives you live, but they
3: have total consciousness of
0: it. Yes. Yes, but like anybody, you only remember bits and pieces, you know, because well, memories. In yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. but but so and so and then he realizes there's an organization called the Cronus Club, where there's a group where all the kala chakra. Um, oh, I'm already a uh, Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, um, congregate and everything, and they have this, and this is like all jacket stuff. So I'm not giving anything away. Um, so they have this, the, these methods where. They can keep up to make sure that the world is okay because they leave messages. Because it started like in Greek times, where they that's the first known Kala Chakra all the way into the future. So, through the cycle of life and death, they're able to leave messages for each other. That's how this little girl
3: I'm in. So, that that sounds cool. This girl
0: lived until she was 70 years old and realized the world was a little different right now. So, when she was reborn, she went and found Harry August and said, the world's not on its regular cycle because they try not Ooh, to don't mess. Don't tell me anymore. No, no. This is everything. This is this is all jacket stuff oh, okay. that I'm telling you. Um, so, so, so that's the book. So he basically tries to find out because what can happen is what would you do if you knew you can live over and over again? Would you yeah. try to win the lottery? Would right. you try to make science well, it's things like, happen it's earlier? Groundhog's
2: Day, plus. exactly. So a um, lifetime,
0: but the thing, the twist with him is that he is a different kind of kala kala chakra. Is he actually has photographic memory, which the other not everybody doesn't does in that group. So he remembers every single thing. Wow! So and there's so much I want to tell you about this. this It's I'm curious if it's been optioned or something because it's great you're a writer
2: so. write the movie
0: and you guys oh. this one
3: it <laughs> sounds like a lot of work
0: this one is quick this one is quick it's a great vacation book 15 oh, lives of Harry August okay. North that's okay Josh that's
1: a good one. okay so um, going to non-fiction now because I am also an avid reader of non-fiction I actually uh, really love it oh we're um, friends <laughs> most especially um uh Physics and mathematical sciences. I I have a a, a half-engorged boner for those things. (laughs) Wow. Only
2: half. Only half. Uh,
1: Well, the the thing is, uh, if it's too technical, I most likely won't understand it. Yeah. So the the book I recommend is a a book that changed my life. It, It actually gave me a better understanding of the universe. It's called Chaos by James Gleick. Uh, James Gleick is a a pop science writer. Um, So he sort of facilitates the the heady sciences and and makes it more accessible to to dumbos like me. Um, So if you're not familiar with chaos mathematics, uh, it started with a guy named Dr. Edward Lorenz, who uh, postulated that a butterfly flapping its wings in China could affect weather systems in the U.S. within a number of days. And then he proved it on a computer model. (laughs) Um, Chinese butterflies man. And so uh, what the what the science of chaos does is it proves how interconnected everything is and you know uh-
2: I'm sorry. sorry, Audrey just fully stumbled into, wall. into the
1: room. Yeah. Go
3: ahead, please. Into the wall. Josh, you talking about chaos theory, so maybe you can just sit down. <laughs> well, okay,
1: so chaos The only uh, thing I
2: know about chaos theory is when I put creamer in my coffee, that is chaos theory. That's all I yeah, know about Yeah, well, okay,
1: it. Oh. so that uh, chaos theory addresses something called wow. turbulence, yes. uh, which is exactly what that is. Yes. Uh, you pour a creamer into a You can't uh, a predict
2: coffee. what happens.
1: It, you can never predict what right. will happen. The turbulence in the actual coffee cup will make the creamer go every which way a million times right. Uh, over, that's uh, the only thing you know,
2: I know about chaos theory.
1: <laughs> but uh, it, it just, for me, it it made me understand how things actually work. You know, it talks about traffic patterns. Uh, cool. We all, we always get, especially living in LA, you get yeah crazy. But he he talks about how um, just one little tap of the brakes in a car uh, five hundred miles ahead of you
2: compounds itself
1: and and can create traffic for no reason other than somebody was slowing down. Oh, um,
2: and You've got Brian hooked right there.
3: On the <laughs> because I want to find
1: that person and drag them from their car. That's what it is. I want to drag
3: them from their
1: car into a nearby ditch and then like, what? what did I do? But then you don't know what caused them to tap the brakes. It could I don't be care.
0: It could have
3: been you, Brian. I yeah, don't it could, care. Have been you. Yeah. could have been How you. How can I
1: be at fault? I'm 500 miles behind.
3: Oh, Jesus. A
1: butterfly flapping its wings can affect weather systems in the U.S. in a number of days. And we need to take all the wings off Chinese butterflies.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Um, but it, it really, it makes it so easy to understand these really difficult concepts. And it's kind of beautiful because you realize it's called chaos. And yet... Uh, it gives you, f- with some finality, a sense of order. Cool. Um, and it, it's just, it's a fun read. Sounds uh, amazing. It's anecdotal, but also, like, there, there, there's very little math, but um, it gives you a wider understanding of mathematics. So the it name of the book smarter. Smarter? Uh, Chaos by James Gleick.
0: Excellent. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Josh, Brian, and Jenny a, um, a genre of a book, say okay. YA fantasy, science fiction, something like that. I'm going to give them a villain's name. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give them a protagonist's name. Oh, okay. And I'm going to give them the threat, a threat. Okay. Okay, So, so genre, good guy, bad guy, and threat. Exactly. Okay. And they're going to come up with, like, a great story. I did four, so I was thinking that maybe I would play this time two. You should. But I... I, I'm not going to be as good as these three guys. Uh, okay, so, so and yes, I would also are. like to. that's not fair. Emphatically I
1: emphatically remind people that uh, it's called booze and phasers. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> perhaps I had more booze than phasers Audrey, this evening.
2: Audrey so, is just as good a, a creative mind as anybody
1: else in this Don't, don't leave her below me. I wasn't
2: looking for attention. But anyway, um, <laughs>
0: I know wasn't, you weren't. Wasn't she? I didn't have time to cut these all up, okay. So, um, but I've numbered them all on my paper, okay, okay. so that way. So, so, um, so Brian, are you, just, are you yeah. at the
2: end? Are you going to take what's left? Is that the
0: idea? So it's random. I'll probably go second, or, or I'll. Oh, that's good. I don't want to go last, though. Oh, I guess I have to. If you know the numbers, you have to. Go I last. have to go last. Yeah. Okay. Oof. All
3: so right. we're doing like a, just to be clear, we're doing like a synopsis store of of the story,
0: and only spend like. 30 or 60 seconds on Like a, a on it. description. Exactly. Got it. Got it. And it could right. be horrible. It could be wonderful. It doesn't matter. It, Brian, it might be horrible.
1: Mine it. might be horrible. Ryan, gonna... you're going to go first. <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: Okay, so pick one through four. This is going to be your genre. <laughs> uh,
3: three.
0: Your genre is dystopia.
3: <laughs> Ooh, dystopia. I love
0: oh. it. One through four. Uh, 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 it's
3: more like dystopia. I'm
0: a little jealous that you got dystopia. <laughs> I am, too. I was hoping
3: for that one. <laughs> Sorry, ladies.
0: Um, one through four um uh this is your bad guy. Okay. Pick one through four.
3: Oh, uh two.
0: Nova tiki. I don't know why I made it up. <laughs>
3: dystopia, bad guy, novatiki. Nova
0: okay, you're a good person. One through four.
3: Four. Uh s- what? S- squirt.
2: Squirt. Squirt. <laughs> squirt
0: novatiki. I got this shit. Don't
3: worry about it. Squirt novatiki. Dystopia. <laughs>
0: So dystopia, Novatiki, Squirt, and this is your existential threat. One through four. Uh
3: huh. Uh, one.
0: <laughs> um, something called the shadow sphere. Ooh, oh my god, <laughs> that's so good. So you are. This is a dystopian novel. The existential threat is the shadow sphere. Novatiki's a bad guy, and Squirt is a good guy.
3: Okay. So this takes place <laughs> one thousand years. In the future. I'm
2: so happy right
3: now. <laughs> Earth, uh, for over 300 years, has been ruled by a dark galactic force called the Shadow Sphere. We can't see them. We can't uh, physically uh, uh, deal with them. But they are all powerful. They control our science. They control our technology. And they do it through... The manifestation of one individual creature called Nova, Nova Tiki. Tiki. Oh. You're with me.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, Nova Tiki rules Earth uh, in the name of the Shadow Sphere. We'd say with an iron fist, but we can't see their. It's like
0: Gary Oldman in Fifth Element. Yeah.
3: So our story <laughs> and is about a little, <laughs> a little urchin from the street, streets of former Los Angeles. Called Squirt. Uh, he gets this name because he was a water thief as a child. He would steal the water uh, and sell it to the rich who lived in the in the in the you know the the pleasure domes uh, high in the hills. And so, this is the story of Squirt um, by accident discovering. The secret to defeating the shadow sphere.
0: Very nice. Oh, and, very nice. Le-
3: and on a journey to bring that secret to the resistance, which has been fighting Novatiki in the shadow sphere for all of this time.
2: Holy crap! Wow,
0: I don't want to follow that.
2: I don't want to follow that. Do I have to? Um, Josh, it looks like has, I to. Josh right. has
0: to. Josh has to. Yay! So um, I realized pee while that happened. I realized I should have done the same number across the oh. board, but I didn't. So oh. you're you're um. Genre is one, two, or four?
1: Okay. Uh, I would like to pick four. Science fiction. Okay. Your genre is science fiction.
0: One, three, or four is your bad guy name? Four. The Shadow Regent.
1: The Shadow Regent? Oh, we're getting the Shadow Zone.
0: Science fiction, the Shadow Regent. This is your good guy, which is one, two, or three.
1: Uh, Let me go with number one
0: Calliope. Calliope. Oh. Calliope. So, calliope. Okay, so this is your existential threat, two, three, or four.
1: Two.
0: Uh, crickets. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can you give us a summary really quickly, Audrey? <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, wait, wait, wait. will okay. well, well, uh, uh, well, well, see Josh. I, <laughs> so, this
0: is, so, Jenny, this is what we got. So, uh, Josh's is a science fiction book. The bad guy is the shadow regent. Shadow regent? Yes. The protagonist is Calliope. And the existential threat is crickets. Crickets? Yes. The animal? It (laughs) could be whatever he wants. Oh, my God. It's so good. Okay. Okay. Science fiction book, (laughs) shadow regent, calliope, crickets.
1: 30,000 years into the future.
0: 30,000. The human
1: race is dying. It's a disease known as crickets. (laughs) Translucent bumps (gasps) on their flesh. That contain uh, nuclei that ah! seem to be alive. And when they hatch, uh, they hatch into these uh, sperm-like creatures that grow to amazing size, um, ultimately devouring whatever they see before Oh, my them. God,
2: that's amazing. <laughs> that is great.
1: Including bones and brains.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Um, Calliope is a seventh-generation android. So realistic that she is the first of her kind that can actually... Give birth. Oh, She carries with her a baby. Uh, That is the hope for humanity because being part android and part human, uh, this particular baby may just contain the cure once and for all (gasps) to the disease known as crickets. However, the shadow regent, uh, (laughs) who is the CEO of the uh, Pharmacorp, uh, that actually in secret created crickets in order to control the human race, um, uh, is doing everything in his power to stop uh, poor Calliope um, from giving birth. So uh, the the story itself is about Calliope's escape from uh, the Pharmacorps clutches run by the Shadow Regent, uh, who wishes to dismantle her once and for all and steal her baby, uh this is so in order to maintain uh the disease known as crickets so that the company may maintain control of the human race forever until it's dead. That's so, be it. so cool. Oh, that's so I love good. It. Her baby that's is so the cool. killer. Oh my, god. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. Okay, so <laughs> there there were some holes in that. No, um, no, 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 that was, so was really good. great.
2: I'm screwed. I had a hero. I'm screwed. I'm, I'm, of screwed. I'm <laughs> not a fucking so improviser. Much. Okay, <laughs> so there's um there's only no a couple left.
0: for me. So your genre, pick one or two. Okay, two. Fantasy. Okay. That's Ooh, your genre.
2: Bad
0: um, your bad guy, pick one or three. Three. Murray.
2: <laughs>
0: Murray. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's a fantasy book with a bad guy named Murray. I like it. Okay. Uh, for your protagonist, good guy, uh, pick uh, two or three. Two. Caden.
2: King Caden 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 so Caden Murray Fantasy yes and the
0: threat is three or four four False Paradise
2: Wow oh
1: jeez so
0: fantasy you got a hard one (laughs) Fantasy bad guy Murray good guy Caden Caden and there's some kind of
2: promise of a false uh, paradise Okay. Okay, so um, all right. So there's a little girl named Caden, who lives in um an ashen lava world, and uh, the prospects are not good for their world. Like the lava is sort of like creeping in on them, and they and they can't grow crops anymore, and they um can't sustain themselves. So uh, she, she's just a little girl. She's just like an unassuming little girl. Her parents are very poor and she decides, you know, no one else sort of has the guts to go outside of this world to try and fix it. So she decides to she she's going to she has an adventurous spirit. She's going to go out and fix it. So they don't know anything outside of their world. Um so she goes, she like crosses uh the 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 lava pits and has to go <laughs> through these burnt cinders and 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 uh crazy like obsidian mountains and uh crosses over into a world that no one else that she's ever known knows about um and as she goes past this burnt world she enters into a green lush Verdant world that she didn't even know, like she didn't even know green existed. That's like, oh, a, that's cool. That's a new thing. Um, and uh, she walks through, and wait, remind me of who else I have to deal with. Uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, uh Murray, Murray. Okay, so she walks through and uh, finds herself in this in this green, verdant place, and there are waterfalls, and there's all of this water and there are crops growing and it's just like amazing and she meets these elven people who are in who are, who elven are people friendly and gorgeous and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and take her in and and want to <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know help her and she thinks that she's found the, the, the solution to her problems. And it turns out that this green, lush, verdant place is an uh, is a is a an image, a, a hologram, uh, like a, oh, a like a um, uh, no, paradise. like in the desert. What do you call that? Oh, Mirage. 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 Uh, put up by Murray, <laughs> <laughs> her uncle. Oh, and, her uncle. uncle yeah, Murray. it's her uncle, and and uncle the, Murray. he's like the. <laughs> He's like the um the the landlord of the place that she lives in and he is is attempting to destroy her and all of her family so that he can get whatever they have ever owned and uh and the only way he can do that is to let her believe that there is something else but there isn't.
1: Whoa. Oh my god, nice. that's so
2: good. You guys, I sh- I
0: wish I had like cut these up so I wouldn't have to go last. Okay, so Audrey, my you are
1: you okay. are just as capable. Okay, thank you. You're right Uncle Murray. Uncle Murray? <laughs> <So> <laughs> you Uncle I Murray! Love that.
0: My my um My genre is YA, young adult.
1: Of course
3: it is.
0: Um so what was next? So the, my bad guy, his name is Ooh. Ooh. Morbidio.
3: Morbidio? Ooh. Morbidio.
2: My favorite
3: video game from 1990.
2: My Video. My- <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> more,
0: more, more video. Okay, so my my good person is named Nexonia. Nexonia. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and uh, uh, my threat is one eyed mutants. So Ooh. yes. Okay, so YA, Bad guy, more video. Good guy, Nexonia. One eyed mutants. So this this is, takes place in an alternate reality, Earth like place, and. Um, It's, it's desolate Uh, there. There's um, uh, emptied out high rises all around hollow. Um, We don't know what they were. They were the people that came before, you know, so the people that live around in their tribes, they don't know what these buildings were for and they were for and they kind of uh, stay away. But at the same time, the person, the, 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 the people that have brought them together, is is a tribe called a, a, a corporation, if you will, Morbidio. Ooh. Ooh,
1: I love corporations. There's a twist. Morbidio Corp. There's
0: a, a twist. twist. And Morbidio has created these beings. They're half robot, half uh, uh, flesh and blood. These Sideboards. one-eyed mutants, basically. One-eyed mutants. Um But they're not just one-eyed. They're one-eyed is because their one eye sees all their one eye sees you, but it sees everything about you: your history, your future, and your past. They only
3: need one eye.
0: They only because need because see so deep. One, one eye. eye. Like and Nexanya, this young girl from a, a, a poor family, um, looks at these hollowed out buildings and sees that no, what nobody else sees, the grandeur of what this was. This must have been amazing, even though more video teaches them in their tent schools. <laughs> uh, why are you laughing at your own tent schools tent schools like it, they're in a tent and it's yeah. cool so we um, get it yes like, like, like a, Florida it's like a super it's church like, yeah, like a Florida. revival <laughs> it's like a revival Morbidia Morbidia that's teaches, what
3: Betsy DeVos wants for all of us
0: yeah teaches them <laughs> that if you go into these places that were called sites, where these hollow, hollowed out buildings were um, that these sighties were, were nothing but evil and um Nexania um was getting too close to a sightie. And um a one-eyed mutant went to stop her, but the but she pushed the one-eyed mutant and it it hit 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 its head on a rock, which caused it to, you know. Go on the Fritz. Go on the Fritz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what they call it on the Fritz. And it told Still Nexania that, the that. truth about everything.
1: Oh. So
0: Nexania and this one eyed mutant
2: no, have to go
0: on a journey as prophets to all the tribes and tell them that these CITES were actually called cities and they were great
2: places.
0: <laughs>
1: I love it.
0: Great places. that? Is so YA. that can be she
2: really, rebuilt. <laughs> That's nice. You really reverse engineered that, and it was. I'm going to tell you
3: something about this game. It's insight into my wife's mind is absolutely amazing. This is what's going on in her mind almost all the time. It's a YA novel of one sort That's or rad. another. Okay, that was fantastic. Andrea. I think
2: I lost.
0: No,
3: I, think, I don't think is anybody, a game anybody I think
2: I lost. I don't think
0: anybody. There's no loser
3: in the improv uh, make-em-up game.
0: What lost was the timekeeper on this, because this oh, now shit. will go down in history as the longest food. Yay! Boost. Oh, Yay!
1: You, know, yeah, you gotta wrap this
3: but up.
0: Okay,
2: uh, Jenny, give us a quote. Uh, my quote of the day is from Q to Wharf. Uh, next, Jen. eaten any good books lately?
1: Oh, <laughs> Snap. <laughs> snap. Uh, okay, so my quote is from 30 Rock, uh, one of my favorite episodes, uh, where Buzz Aldrin, the actual astronaut, makes a, 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 an appearance. Uh, Liz Lemon is upset, and Buzz Aldrin invites her to yell at the moon with him, uh, and Buzz Aldrin himself yells out to the moon, I walked on your face! <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is awesome. I, that's fantastic. Uh, mine, I'm gonna do one for from uh, Red Rising. Man cannot be freed by the same injustice that enslaved it. Ooh,
3: Ooh. mine is, is a little snippet from Dune. I don't know what it means, but it just came into my brain. <sighs> yeah,
2: we didn't talk about Dune at all today.
0: So I know,
3: it's I'm Max surprised. von Sydow uh, saying, uh, commenting to uh, Kyle McLaughlin's character, which is Paul Atreides. Paul Atreides. Atreides. Saying, you have uh, you have uh, rigged it desert fashion. His still suit. And Paul, Tra- Paul Atreides says. It just seemed the proper way. And then inside uh, Liet Kine's mind and uh, inside Max von Sydow's mind, he says, you shall know your ways as if you were born to them. And I always think that's super cool.
0: That is super cool. cool. Thanks for joining us, Brian Bradley, Jenny Flack, and Josh Flaum. Yeah, Bye, guys! That was a great episode.